0: This is Ned Ryan, and welcome to episode 23 of the Ned Ryan Podcast. I want to take this podcast to talk about the skyrocketing crime rates and social unrest that have taken place after the death of George Floyd uh, back in May. And massive amounts of public property destruction, historical revisionism, cancellations, cancel culture – uh, that have occurred in the last several months. And when you think about it, a lot of this revisionism, obviously the 1619 Project, which I've discussed, a lot of these other things, you know, there has been taking place for a while. I mean, right, go back several years ago, back in summer of 2017, when the left-wing forces in this country were trying to remove Confederate statues and memorials in the wake of the Charlottesville riots. Despite opposition, by the way, from the majority of the American public, but as recent events have clearly demonstrated, as some of us were saying back in the day, um, these removals, these calls for removing the Confederate monuments and symbols, that was never that was never the point, right? That was never going to stop at that. They really wanted to use that as a starting point. And then say, as obviously the Confederate statues and memorials are immoral, well, then let's go to the founders, right? And so now we have Mayor Bowser of D.C., who's a joke of a mayor. I I live in Northern Virginia, so I'm in D.C. frequently. You know, they're now talking about, you know, how are we going to address the Washington Monument and the Jefferson Monument? I mean, because clearly, once they go down this path that... Uh, none of these people are legitimate, right? Because they the, the the great sins of everything that the founders have done in their minds. N- nothing can be done. Every every attempt to legitimize them must be removed. But again, that's not the goal either, right? That the goal is never the Confederate monuments. The goal now is not the removal of the Washington monument or the Jefferson monument. The goal is to delegitimize the founders. Because if you delegitimize the founders, you delegitimize the founding documents, the Constitution, the Declaration. And then the next step is obviously you delegitimize the Constitutional Republic. The American Republic is therefore uh, illegitimate. And again, all, this all is from different angles, critical race theory, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but this is the ultimate goal, right? But thankfully we have President Trump. Uh, obviously, end of June, when he came out with the executive order uh, regarding – uh, 10 years in jail, prison for destruction of federal monuments, that really uh, chilled those efforts. Um, but, you know, there's still these this, this cancel culture against people, symbols, events, uh, history, I mean everything. I mean, literally for them, everything's on the table to cancel. It's accelerated. So, George Orwell, of course, 1984, Animal Farm, uh, he wrote... Uh, regarding historical revisionism in 1984, the book, every record has been destroyed or falsified, every book rewritten, every picture has been repainted, every statue renamed, every date has been altered, and the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists exists except an endless, endless presence in which the party is always right. So, go back a little bit, because there was this huge debate, Confederate statues. um, So, August 2017, go back in history, a few years. Immediate aftermath of the Charlottesville riots, NPR-PBS conducted a poll that found that 62% of Americans stated that the statues honoring leaders of the Confederacy should remain as historical symbols, while only 27% said they should be removed, as they were offensive to some people. 44% of Democrats thought they should remain, while 47% thought they should be removed. 86% of Republicans and 61% of Independents thought they should remain, while only 6% of Republicans and 27% of Independents thought they should be removed. Two-thirds of whites and Latinos believe the statues should remain. Um, In fact, even a plurality, 44% of the black community thought the symbol should remain, only 40% thought they should be removed. So they take – fast forward now to May – to June of 2020, the Politico morning consult poll conducted in the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd. Again, I would encourage you, though, to read the coroner's report, the fatal levels of fentanyl in his system. I'm not in any way excusing the police officer's treatment, especially kneeling on his neck. That all to say, based on the coroner's report – If it weren't for that incident, he probably would have overdosed on fentanyl. That all to say. In the aftermath of Floyd's death, again, Politico morning consult poll, June 2020, asked the same question about Confederate statues. 44% believed they should remain. 32% thought they should be taken down. 75% of Republican women thought that they should remain. Only 24% of Democrat women said the same. 62% of African Americans thought the statue should be taken down. Uh, only 12% thought they should remain standing. So it's just it, – it's kind of interesting to see some of these dynamics. Again, the majority of people, the plurality of people still think, I mean, these are historical symbols. They are a reminder of our history. and I, this, is the, this is where I come down, again, student of history. We should not whitewash our history. We should embrace it. We should learn from it. We should understand that we are imperfect humans. We have made serious mistakes. We should be reminded of them. And I think, again, and I'm, I can't remember who I'm quoting loosely, you know, to forget your past is to be blind for the future. We understand and we keep these things around to understand, yeah, at one point we fought a war in, on American soil between Americans over the issue of slavery. And don't give me the whole state's rights, all that stuff. It was about the right to have slaves or not have slaves and the confederates lost, right? And I live in Virginia, if you go down further south, it's the war of northern aggression, whatever. But this is why we we fought the war to free the slaves. And there's more than there's more issues to that. I don't want to oversimplify it. At the same time, we keep the confederate statues around to remember. This is what we did in the past, let's not do it again. The other issue that we're seeing in the wake of the Floyd riots is widespread lawlessness. Again, part of the Black Lives Matter movement is to defund the police. You're even seeing, however, the Reverend Al Sharpton saying, this is not a good idea. We should not defund the police. It has increased the lawlessness, as we've seen in New York City and other places. This is a terrible idea. And and as I've mentioned earlier in other podcasts, most of the black community, in fact, the overwhelming majority of the black community does not want to defund the police. That all to say, the widespread lawlessness that we're seeing in Portland and New York City, and other major urban areas can't be allowed to continue, all right? Because if it does, law-abiding citizens, they lose faith in the government's ability to protect them, which leads to a breakdown of society. I mean this is the people have to understand <laughs> there has to be order and stability for there to be peace and prosperity, right? You can't you can't have lawlessness, you can't have burning down, destroying of businesses and somehow expect that somehow magically we're going to have peace and prosperity. That's not how it works. You actually have to have the rule of law, the enforcement of the law. There are people that need to be arrested. People need to go to jail, etc., etc. Abraham Lincoln once remarked, Good men, men who love tranquility, who desire to abide by the laws and enjoy their benefits, would... Uh, who would gladly spill their blood in the defense of their country, seeing their property destroyed, their families insulted, and their lives endangered, their persons injured, and seeing nothing in prospect that forebodes a change for the better, become tired of it and disgusted with, a government that offers them no protection, and are not much averse to a change in which they imagine they have nothing to lose. Thus then, by the operation of this... Mobocratic spirit Which all must admit Is now abroad in the land The strongest bulwark of any government And particularly of those Constituted like ours May effectively be broken down and destroyed People need to understand In a healthy society There is the rule of law There is an enforcement of the law And if they continue to see this lawlessness Rampant in the streets There are repercussions I've talked about this a little bit Previous podcasts, obviously Germany, 1930s, breakdown in the Weimar Republic, gutless political leaders, lack the courage to actually enforce the rule of law, union up with paramilitary groups in the streets, obviously the brown shirts of the Nazis, the uh, anti-fascist action, the, the forerunners, the precursors to today's Antifa. It's actually paramilitary arm of the Communist Party of Germany, and then you've got the Iron Front of the STP. The social democrats. So you, you end up with chaos in the streets and people fighting it out because government won't do anything. This is why Trump taking a firm stance, saying we will not permit this anymore, law and order, as we're seeing this backfire. I mean the, the democrats' reign of terror across America in primarily major urban areas but again now going into more suburban neighborhoods – is backfiring on them, and you know you can see it in the polls when you've got Don Lemon and others saying maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. Maybe we should, you know, pull it back in. Sorry, guys, too late. You started a wildfire. You know, you, you sowed the the wind. I hope you enjoy reaping the whirlwind. That's why it's important for Donald Trump to say we're not going to have this anymore. Enough's enough. We're putting an end to it. That's why I think the whole issue of law and order is going to become an even bigger issue in the next. 56 days from from today, um, in which suburban moms and and suburban voters in battleground states are going, hey, Trump might make me feel icky on some level, but he's going to bring law and order because it is one of the basis for a healthy society is to actually have laws and enforcement of it and officers of the law, enforcing the laws. So in the wake of Charlottesville – Uh, In August of 2017, liberals set their sights On a handful of statues and monuments And Again, the Reverend Al Sharpton claimed that funding For the Jefferson Memorial in Washington D.C. should be revoked because the third President owned slaves Cory Booker and Nancy Pelosi Called for statues commemorating Confederate officials in National Statuary Hall To be removed, those are the statues Inside of the Capitol And so you know, I think there's a hundred and Nine statues total in the Capitol building. Each state gets two. And then there's nine additional ones uh, of, of significant figures. I think Jefferson, Hamilton, a couple of the other founders. I think it's 109. I don't know if the numbers change much, but that's what it was back in the day when my dad was in office. So now they want to remove all the Confederate officials, right, from the National Statuary Hall in the U.S. Capitol. Um, Wilbur Wilbert Cooper of Vice News, again, called for Mount Rushmore to be destroyed, uh, Catherine Pugh, the erstwhile mayor of Baltimore, who can barely keep her city from becoming a dumpster fire, called for Civil War monuments of Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson to be removed from a public park, while Republican uh, Maryland governor Larry Hogan called for a statue commemorating Robert B. Tanney, which has been in place since 1887, to be removed. And so, you know, Larry Hogan, great for him winning in Maryland – I would hardly consider him representative of the uh, larger Republican Party and sure as heck, nothing to do with the America First. So yay for you, Larry Hogan. Stacey Abrams called for the removal from Stone Mountain in Georgia of a freeze that depicts Confederate soldiers. Stone Mountain, obviously, it, it you know, carves into the face of Stone Mountain. I think it's Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson. I'm pulling a blank on the third one. Maybe it was Jeb Stewart. Uh, Protesters demanded the removal of a statue of Confederate General Albert Pike in Washington, D.C. Chicago pastor requested city parks named after George Washington and Andrew Jackson be removed. Confederate statues monument in Durham, North Carolina, was torn down by protesters. The Workers' World Party claimed that it should be their right to tear statues down. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper called for the removal of more monuments and requested the legislature repeal a 2015 law that prevents the destruction of Civil War monuments. Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe, uh, at the time, asked state legislators and city officials to tear down Confederate monuments throughout Virginia. The old Joe statue of a Confederate soldier was removed from outside a county administrative building in Gainesville, Georgia. But these monument destroyers... They haven't stopped. Again, as I've said earlier, they're not stopping with Confederate statues, but they're ignorant, right? They really are. I mean, it's pretty amazing to me seeing some of these protesters up close and realize these are people with issues on a wide variety of fronts, but they're also ignorant. They are deeply ignorant. So during this whole, you know, late spring, early summer 2020 I mean, they're literally staring, tearing down – they tore down a statue of Matthias Baldwin, who's an abolitionist and an owner of a manufacturing business. And then they spray-painted uh, the word colonizer, and this was in Philadelphia. Um, the Philip Schuller, uh statue outside of Albany, New York, the city hall, Revolutionary War General, Hamilton's father-in-law. Uh, they're going to remove that because he was a slave owner. Uh, Vandal spray-painted committed genocide on the memorial of the tomb of the unknown soldier of the American Revolution. That also took place in Philadelphia. Statue of Abraham Lincoln with a freed slave in Boston is is set to be removed due to an online petition that has garnered over 7,000 votes. I mean, this is the gutlessness. 7,000 people on an online petition. How many of those do you know are really real? But this is the gutlessness of some of the political leaders that we now have, especially in these major urban areas. Ooh, Lincoln and a statue of a freed slave, we should remove it because the ignorant masses with 7,000 signatures are calling for it. Uh, The statue was actually modeled after one that sits here in Lincoln Park in D.C., which was funded by freed slaves. These people are truly stupid. They just don't understand history because, again, we're not teaching history, right? We're indoctrinating. We're not teaching people to think, but we sure as heck are not teaching real history. There was a statue of George Washington destroyed in Portland, spray-painted with the messages such as damn white men, uh, white fragility, 1619, which, of course, I talked about the 1619 project, and then they draped an American flag over it and set it on fire. Uh, City council members in New York City have requested that Mayor de Blasio remove a Jefferson statue from City Hall. On June 19th, four different statues in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park were either toppled or vandalized. You probably were aware of that, but they were Ulysses S. Grant, the Union General, just so we're clear, who defeated the Confederacy and forcefully took on the Ku Klux Klan and helped break some of their power in the South. But... Colonizer or damn white man or whatever they thought he was. Uh, Francis Scott Key, again, who was the author of the Star-Spangled Banner, that anthem of colonizers or whatever the heck they think. Uh, Uniper Serra, leader of the Spanish missions to settle California. And Miguel de Cervantes, the author of Don Quixote. So, This was the other kicker. The New York City's Museum of Natural History is going to remove a bronze statue of Teddy Roosevelt from the entrance of the museum. It's a beautiful statue, by the way, which has been in place since 1940. But this shows the insanity of what's taking place. These modern day – so Teddy Roosevelt, one of the leading progressives in the early 20th century, right? He was, along with Robert La Follette and Woodrow Wilson, of course, a Democrat. But Robert La Follette, Republican, Teddy Roosevelt, Republican, Woodrow Wilson, Democrat – These are some of the leading progressives of the day that really birthed, helped birth the progressive movement. Now, the modern-day iteration who came – who are the next iteration of the crazies coming out of the progressive movement have now deemed Teddy Roosevelt's statue to be offensive and are demanding that it be removed. In response to all of this is President Trump saying, I don't think so. Fantastic. I remember I, I I had a conversation with him. It was Friday, I think it was June 26th. I think it was the day he signed the executive order. And the first thing he said, Ned, what do you think of my executive order? 10 years for destroying federal federal statue. I was like, fantastic. But that executive order that he signed the end of June, you know, if you vandalize or destroy statues, you'll be prosecuted in accordance with the Veterans Memorial Preservation Act, authorize the federal government to arrest anyone who vandalizes or destroys any monument. Statue or other such federal property in the U.S. for up to 10 years in prison, per the Veterans Memorial Preservation Act, or such other laws that may be pertinent. The action is taken effective immediately, but may also be used retroactively for destruction or vandalism already caused. There will be no exceptions. Well, guess what's happened since then, right? Nothing. Almost nothing, right? All of a sudden, these guys realize, if I continue to destroy these things, I will go to jail for 10 years, There's only so many of those crazies that are going to go do that because they don't want to go to jail. Although, to be honest, they'll probably have better food and they'll probably actually shower regularly. So June 26, he actually signed the executive order. It again enforces laws prohibiting desecration of public monuments. Uh, Bill Barr also directed the creation of a task force to counter anti-government extremists. It's headed by Craig Carpenito, the U.S. Attorney for the District of New Jersey, Aaron Neely-Cox, who's U.S. Attorney for the District of Northern Texas, and will consist of U.S. Attorney's Offices, the FBI, and other departments, similar departments. So during the June 25th – to give you some perspective, some more perspective on this, on on the June 25th episode of Ted Cruz's podcast, Verdict, uh, co-hosted by Michael Knowles, Barr said that his department was using 35 joint terrorist task Force forces to investigate criminal activity, which has taken place since the death of George Floyd on Memorial Day. He also confirmed there were 500 investigations currently underway. I mean, the great hope is that Antifa and Black Lives Matter actors who are domestic terrorists will actually be brought to justice, and we will see an end to this. Uh, What we're not seeing an end to, however, is this cancel culture. Uh, which is insane. I mean, there, there's so many indications that we are not a healthy society, that we have engendered some of this behavior, actually encouraged it, that here we find ourselves, anything that makes anyone uncomfortable, they don't like, they're going to cancel it, right? There's no debate. I mean, this is, the, this is the ironic thing about the left. They claim how diverse they are, right? Well, different colors and, and genders and, well, it was like, A bajillion genders now. I think I lost count at 70-something. But whatever. The whole idea is they're so diverse. Well, they're all monochromatic in their worldview and all the political views they hold for the most part. And it's just maybe slightly different shades of statism and socialism. But what they cannot tolerate across the board, differing opinions, different views, different speech. They don't believe in freedom of speech. They don't believe in freedom of conscience. They really don't. So they just want to cancel anything they disagree with. And some of it is just absolutely – we have absolutely reached peak absurdity. Um, Li Fang, who was uh, – he's an investigative reporter for The Intercept, was attacked on social media for posting a Martin Luther King quote emphasizing nonviolence. What a shocking concept. David Shore, who worked as a political data analyst on Obama's reelection, was fired – after he tweeted out a study that showed how violent protests benefit Republicans electorally. He was fired for actually having a common sense, which they're now realizing months later, hey, maybe these riots aren't playing well in the polls and with the American people, especially suburban voters in the battleground states. That's all he was trying to do, and for that, he was fired. Grant Napier was fired as a radio host on KHTK, and he resigned as a play-by-play announcer for the Sacramento Kings due to a backlash from tweeting, wait for it, all lives matter, every single one. He was fired on May 31st of this year. He had worked with the Kings since 1988, and he was fired for tweeting, all lives matter. Students at the University of California in Los Angeles have called for the firing of Professor Gordon Klein after he refused to alter the final exam for his management class, to provide minority students with special accommodations. The Los Angeles Galaxy, a major league soccer team, fired midfielder Alexander Katai after his wife referred to Black Lives Matter protesters as disgusting cattle, even though he apologized on her behalf. Disgusting cattle seems a bit strong Domestic terrorists probably more in lines uh, of what they actually are. Uh, James Bennett, an opinion editor at the New York Times, again, this was kind of a big kerfuffle beginning of June, uh, resigned June 7th due to backlash from staffers, the little commies. This is the funny thing, right? The the liberals at the New York Times hired the little commies fresh out of uh, school who then decided that they were going to uh, cancel the liberals because they weren't – uh, lefties. They weren't far enough left. Um, so staffers, they, they forced him to resign concerning an op-ed by Senator Tom Cotton, who called for the use of federal troops to quell rioting. Catholic chaplain at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, otherwise known as MIT, was forced to resign after sending an email to the school's Catholic community, which noted that George Floyd had not lived a virtuous life. Sorry, guys. He's just stating the obvious. I mean, this guy, George Floyd, had serious issues, including heavy drug use, obviously pretty much overdosed on fentanyl the day he died, and actually held up a a pregnant woman with a pistol to her belly, um, among other things. So yes, he did not live a virtuous life. Uh, Adam Rappaport, an editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit magazine, resigned on June 8th. After a photo of him dressed as a Puerto Rican on Halloween of 2004 resurfaced. Shame on him for appropriating Puerto Rican culture. Uh, MTV fired reality TV star D... Nguyen, I think that is. From the challenge due to comments that were deemed offensive to the BLM movement. David Cullum announced on June 8th he would step down as the director of undergraduate studies at Cornell University's chemistry department because he sent a tweet criticizing a 75-year-old Buffalo man who was knocked to the ground by police. June 8th, University of Chicago professor Harald, Harold Ulig tweeted, too bad, but Black Lives Matter, per its core organization, just torpedoed itself with its full pledge support of defund the police. In response, a number of academics and economists, including the illustrious, and I say that with the deepest of sarcasm, Paul Krugman of the New York Times called on the university to fire, said professor. Forecast cast members of the Bravo reality TV series Vanderpump Rules were fired on June 9th due to allegations of racism. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, HBO. This was stupid. HBO Max temporarily moved gone, from the, gone with the Wind from his platform and only added it back after a disclaimer was added because of these sensitive little snowflakes. Uh, let's see what else here. June... 15th, University of Virginia Athletic Director Carla Williams released a statement announcing alteration to the school's recently adopted V-Saber logo, which is occasionally perceived as racist because of the school's association with slave labor in the past. If we want to go down that path, let's not forget that Yale and some of these other schools were actually funded, founded on slave trading money. Dartmouth College will remove a weather vane depicting college founder Eliezer Wheelock lecturing a lecturing a pipe smoking rum drinking Native American. <laughs> Netflix removed an episode of the 2015 sketch comedy series with Bob and David from its platforms because one of David's fictional characters wore blackface. Of course, don't forget Quaker Oats announced that it will retire the Aunt Jemima maple syrup logo because it's racist. In Windsor, Vermont, a principal was placed on administrative leave for a Facebook post which read, I firmly believe that Black Lives Matter, in Black Lives Matter, but I do not agree with the coercive measures taken to get to this point, taken to get this point across. Uh, Tiffany Riley, the principal's name, was the K-12 through principal of the Windsor School for 15 years and got fired over a Facebook post, which by the way, This is a whole nother topic I want to talk about with Australia, arresting people for daring to post Facebook posts about the lockdowns. That's a whole nother story. But don't worry, it's probably coming here if we're not careful. Uh, Dreyer's Grand Ice Cream, the maker of Eskimo Pie, announced that it would change the name of the brand on June 19th. If you guys are catching a drift here, so higher ed, colleges and universities, which are really big business, even though a lot of them organize as nonprofit and charities – And corporations uh, are gutless wonders and will cow and bow and bend the knee immediately when pressure comes. Um, So they have done that to a point of absolute ridiculousness. Uh, Fortnite removed police cars from the game because police cars are offensive. Not sure if you caught this one, but Disney has announced that the Splash Mountain ride at Disney World will be redesigned because it's based on a song from the controversial movie Song of the South. The makers of Dungeons & Dragons announced they will eliminate the concept of evil races in the game. Producers of The Simpsons have decided to only have non-white voice actors voice non-white characters, Also, the white actor who voices the African-American character Cleveland in Family Guy relinquished the role. Furthermore, actresses Jenny Slate and Kristen Bell have announced they will cease to voice biracial characters, uh, Missy on Big Mouth and Molly Tillerman on Central Park, respectively. Emory and Henry College in Virginia has announced that the school will consider changing its mascot of a wasp. Of a WASP, mind you, because it is reminiscent of the acronym WASP, which stands for White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. People are idiots. Trader Joe's has promised to change its ethnic food packaging after over 1,400 people signed an online petition demanding that labels such as Trader Ming's and Trader Jose's, which were meant to promote racial inclusiveness, uh, were actually racist. And they bent the knee over 1,400 signatures online. We don't even know if all those are real. How do you know that wasn't like the same person? Idiocy. At Rutgers University, Camden, a petition signed by more than 3,700 people has circulated to remove a statue of the famed American poet and the bard of democracy, Walt Whitman, over his views towards African Americans. Students at Marquette have demanded that the school change the university seal, which is modeled on the painting Father Marquette and the Indians by Wilhelm Alfred Lamprecht. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who needs a new hairdresser, recently ordered that Christopher Columbus statues in Grant and Arigo, Arigo Parks be temporarily removed, despite the opposition from the Italian-American leadership in the city. Last example for you to show, yet again, more stupidity. San Diego Diego State University professor emeritus of biology, Stuart Hurlbert, who supports restrictions on immigration and who opposes the Black Lives Matter movement, has come under criticism from the administration and the student body of the university. Petition has been drafted by the university's biology graduate student association condemning the professor, which has been signed by over 550 people. Additionally, the university has approved a faculty resolution and committees have been formed to decide the professor, professor emeritus status for the fall semester. This, we, we have reached peak insanity in this country. Uh, we, we have allowed this culture to grow. It has been cultivated on college campuses. Again, it, the, what Trump and the Republicans need to do if they take back the House and Senate, of course, I don't trust hill Republicans to do the right thing. If it requires one ounce of political courage, but if they do, if they can muster within themselves to have political courage, they should do hearings and pull in all the colleges and universities who receive massive benefits from our tax code, say, we'd like to know, what are you doing with all of these benefits um, in indoctrinating our youth, in creating a cancel culture, as you're indoctrinating them our students in deeply un-American views and then they are indoctrinated in this and then they come into the real world and then they try to implement this in the real world and then you've got gutless corporations and their allies in the media and the Democratic Party and then you see it start to infect American society it needs to be nipped in the bud and so one of the things I hope they do is they have the hearings have a strong conversation and then I think they revoke at a certain point Any nonprofit offering services that makes over 20 million in revenue, or whatever the magic figure is, I'm merely proposing that, uh, needs to at some point have that revenue taxed, or they lose their tax, uh, their nonprofit status, as they are really just a very large corporation. Again, how do colleges end up with multi billion dollar endowments? Benefits from the tax code. To thus to get us to this point as a country in which we have reached peak insanity and absurdity in which seals and mascots on college campuses are now considered racist. I mean this is we, – we have demonstrated I think especially this year in our response to coronavirus lockdowns and submitting to ridiculous governmental actions – And then this cancel culture, it has been a test of the American character, and I am sad to say the American public has not responded well to this. But we have a chance – we're not dead yet – to respond to this and say we're not going to tolerate this anymore. Government works for us. It is a government of, by, and for the people, the consent of the governed. We do not consent to this stupidity anymore, nor are we going to tolerate paying these colleges and universities obscene amounts of money for them to create a cancel culture and indoctrinate our youth in un-American ideas. Time for the American people to stand up. Hopefully they can find it within themselves this November to elect the right leadership and then demand change.